The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about healing in every sense of the word, healing in one's spirit, healing and conflict. And, you know, you remember years ago, I read this wonderful book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And then I was just recently reading this fantastic article from the August um, edition of the Science of Mind magazine, where I read this article that was about Don Miguel Ruiz, The Magic of Unconditional Love. And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, this is this is such a perfect person to talk to. He has so much great wisdom to share with me and the audience that I was excited to have him on. And we're just thrilled that he's with us today. Let me tell you a little bit about him, and then we're going to talk more about his evolution as a healer in a moment. Uh, Don Miguel Ruiz is the international best-selling author of a series of books, including The Four agreements which was on the new york seller new york times bestseller list for seven years and he has dedicated his life to sharing the wisdom of the ancient toltec through his books lectures and journeys to sacred sites around the world and there's a lot more about him on our website at kuci.org um no i'm sorry our, on our website at conflicthealing.com and also you can find more at miguel Ruiz, that's M-I-G-U-E-L-R-U-I-Z dot com. So uh, without further ado, I just want to get him on and talk. So Don Miguel, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's a great pleasure to be in your show. This is wonderful. Well, Don Miguel, you know, I know about your your evolution, and I, I really hope you could just share a little bit about how you started out in the Toltec uh, life, family life and how they wanted you to become a healer, and then you did, and kind of tell us your evolution. Well, this, uh, this is extremely simple. You know, first I think we need to understand that the word Toltec means artist. Toltec is uh, in the Nahuatl language, and of course artist is in English. And when we talk about uh, Toltec wisdom, we're really talking about the wisdom of the artist, because at that point of view, every single human is an artist. And, you know, the four agreements is an attempt to change our point of view from the victim point of view to the artist point of view. 
when we see everything with the view of the artist, we perceive beauty in everything. And that beauty inspires us, inspire us to enjoy life the best we can. And of course, enjoying life, we are always have that beautiful smile that attracts everything, attracts, uh, um, you know, just to be with someone that is happy is wonderful. It's very contagious. And to be an artist is always creating yeah. our own creation. Yeah, and we don't always think of ourselves as artists of our own lives. And, you know, as I read that in, you know, in your book and also saw that in the, how you spoke about that in the interview with you, that, you know, we forget that we really are artists. We see it in our mind, we create it, and it is there, and it is, our lives are the outpouring of our artistic ability to create so that uh, that's something. But I, I, I wanted to go back that how you actually became a healer. I know you said um, that your family wanted you to become um, a Toltec healer, but you went to medical school, right? Which is also to be a healer. Yes. I went to medical school and I became a surgeon. Yes. And then... Tell us about your awakening and how you returned to your roots to become a shaman. Well, uh, it was when I was in a, a med- medical school, and maybe in my last year, and I have a, a car accident. Yes. In that accident, uh, I see myself in the wheel of the car, and for the very first time, I knew that I am not my physical body because I was completely out of my body. Even I protect my body, and, and the car was a total. But my body was completely normal. Nothing happened to my body. Wow. But, but this is an experience that there's no way I can either even forget. It was always in my head. I am not my body. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and we forget, we forget, everything. yeah, we forget, we think that we are our body, but we really aren't our body, right? That's our vehicle. <laughs> Besides being in a vehicle, you were in your body, which is a vehicle, right? Yes, well, well, I understood right away that my body is matter. Yes. It's made by atoms, it's matter. And something that I learned in physics is that matter only can be moved if a force moves matter. And if matter is in movement, only can be stopped if a force stops matter. But matter by itself cannot move. Then I understood right away that that force that moves my body is life. Yes. And I am life. Mm-hmm. I am the one who moves my body. And life is energy that cannot be destroyed. Yes. Life is eternal. Yes. And what I really am, even if I don't know exactly what it is, I am eternal. I am life. And I am not my physical body. Then everything starts making sense. Then in that moment, I knew that I exist long before the conception of my physical body. Yes. And I will live also after my physical body dies. Yes. Because I am eternal like everybody else. We all are eternal. 
but we all believe that we are our physical body, and that is the reason why we fear death. Yes, and that's how we feel so separate, because we just feel like we're in our body, or, you know, people say, this is all there is, they're they're really missing the point, right? Exactly, and and we can see by the, the conclusion is that there's only one being and is alive, and that being is made by matter, of course, and includes all, all the uh, all the universes, which is billions of universes. And all those universes are moved by the same force, which is life. Then it's a whole duality. We can call it also spirit and matter, or God and matter. And it's just works anyway. But it's a binary system, just like the computers. Because in the computers, you can see all the beautiful images, sounds, etc., and it's only made by uh, one and zero. Well, the whole reality is the same, but instead of one and zero, it's life and death, or life and matter. Yes. It's amazing to understand those things, because everything shifts, and we can see that in the moment of our death, everything that we did in life is completely irrelevant, but when we're doing it, it's completely relevant. Yes. So, you know what I loved about the Four Agreements? Let's talk a little bit about that, because I think this is such a classic, wonderful book. I could read it over and over again. And I'd love to talk about the Four Agreements, because those Four Agreements really apply to what I do as a mediator. You know, as a mediator, I bring people together who are in conflict and if they would follow this four agreements, I think these conflicts would be a real opportunity for growth for them, for, for them to see their part of it, for them to understand. So let's kind of go through these four agreements. Let's do the first one. Be impeccable with your word. Why don't you tell us about that one? Okay. Well, first, I think we have to understand that these agreements, really the five agreements, is nothing but pure psychology. And it's nothing but common sense. And that simplified life the best as possible. Then the, the most important one, of course, is be impeccable with your word. And this is because we use the word in order to create the story of our lives. Yes. And it depends how we use the word if we create a beautiful paradise or a great dramas in our lives. Yes. And if we misuse the word, we will create a lot of dramas. Mm-hmm. We create a personal hell, we can say, full of conflicts and personal importance and, you know, all the consequences. But if you are impeccable, then your life becomes so easy, so simple. Because, in fact, life is so simple. We complicate everything. And we're complicating it according to how we use the word, how we communicate. Yes. And the word is extremely important. And, of course, this is the, the first uh, agreement, the most important one. And these agreements are with ourselves and our friends and family. But basically, it is an agreement. We have to start with ourselves to agree within ourselves that we're going to commit to these. And, you know, I, I think about the words that sometimes I hear as being an attorney mediator. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of negativity. 
And so part of my job is to do what we call reframing. So if someone says, he's just a problem, you know, then I have to try and change the word to say, this has been a challenge for you all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's like I'm translating the negative word to make it a more positive word. But we can all do that. I, I have to we all have to stop ourselves, right, Don Miguel, to stop ourselves when we have a tendency, when we see something negative happen to to badmouth it or for people to gossip. And people need to understand that every word that we say really has an impact. Isn't that true? Oh, definitely. It's, it's just like the use of what we call magic. We can say that word can, can create a lot of spells. And if we agree, then it really will affect us. Like a, uh, an example that I put in, in, in the four agreements is the little girl that is singing and having a great fun, uh, a lot of fun and dancing, and the mother who have a very bad day, have a headache, you just shout to her little girl who loved dearly, just shut up. Yeah. You, your voice is ugly. Oh. This is a real spell made by the word. Yes. She didn't mean to do that because she loved her so much, but the little girl agreed with her mother, and that changed everything in that little girl. Yes. It's like a curse that she can have during most of her life until she have awareness and find out that it was not true what her mother said. Yes, and people but, that we love uh-huh. and respect, mm-hmm. if, if they say things to us and we absorb it, we, you know, that gets to really to the second agreement, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so let's talk about that one. Don't take anything personally. Because that will give you immunity yes. to the work from other people. Because other people have opinions about you. They are just, have judgments about you. And if you agree with what they say, then it will have that effect on you, just like that little girl agreed with her mother, and she no longer dance, speak, and do that, but becomes shy. Yes. If you agree with the gossips and the opinions of other people, then what you believe that, that's what you believe about yourself, and that will affect your personality. You can become shy, etc. And this is because you agree with their opinions, because you take it personally. Yes, yeah. You just, you just don't understand that they live in their own story. Yes. Because you create your own story, and your story is just the main character, and everybody's just a secondary character. But they did exactly the same thing in their story. They are the main character of their story, and you are only a secondary character in their story. Yes. But when they talk about you, they're really talking about the secondary character in their story, not about you because they don't even know you. That's right. And sometimes they just project their own stuff upon you. You know what I mean? They exactly. they, they blame you and they're really doing what, you, you know, when you're talking about psychology, it's really a projection of who they are. And, mm-hmm. and that's hard. And, you know, when, you know, I remember reading your book and I remember reading other books about this is just being able to put up a golden shield around yourself 
so that when somebody does say something cruel or mean, like the mother said to the little mm-hmm. girl, that that you just have this kind of shield that it bounces away from you. <laughs> you know, yes. that's how that I try and envision. Yeah. Yes, that gives you immunity, definitely. Yes, it's the same thing as immunity, is to put mm-hmm. up that golden shield. I think the one challenge is for us to to be able to hear, though, on, you know, the other side of the coin is when somebody points out to you something that is something mm-hmm. you need to look at, then, you know, you don't take it personally, but you have to question, gee, if, if two people are telling me that, you know, I'm a certain way that is hurting mm-hmm. them, then... I need to look at that. Isn't that correct? Yes, this is when the fifth agreement comes, for example. And this is, is be skeptical but learn to listen. Then be, be skeptical is not to have a, um, you know, that we feel so important that we don't believe whatever everybody says. No, we're skeptical because we know beforehand that whatever they say is only true for the person who is saying it. Right. Or if what they believe is true, okay? Yeah. Then if you're skeptical, not just for whatever they say, but for what you tell to yourself, which is even more, more important, because you can be skeptical of the way you think about yourself, but if you listen what you think about yourself, then you will make the discernment to say, oh, I don't agree with myself. I'm not as bad as I thought. Right. I'm not as stupid as I thought. I'm not as ugly as I thought. Right. You know, then the truth arrives. Then when you're skeptical with other people, then you can you can hear the projection. Yes. And when you listen, what they say, you may agree or disagree. Right. And many times they will tell you things that you didn't even see that they're correct. Yes. But if you if you listen what they say and you agree. Now you can change something in you that you didn't know before. Right, right. I mean, that's... that's, that's impersonal. Yes, and it's it's really uh-huh. about people that you love and love you mm-hmm. that we do want to hear what they have to say. And like you said, be discerning, be analytical, mm-hmm. say, gee, you know, what mm-hmm. part of this really is me? Because mm-hmm. otherwise, if we just... And that's what I just wanted to make people to understand that some, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to take it personally to the point where we have a, a poor self-concept and we believe everything that someone says in a mean way or something that mm-hmm. they project onto us. But at the same time, uh, the reason I say this is because I'm I'm sitting with people in conflict and people don't want to be accountable. They put up mm-hmm. their, they don't take anything personally and they blame. So mm-hmm. we don't want to be blamers. We want to be discerning. We want to be self-analytical. And we have to say, okay, I'll be accountable for my part of this. My part mm-hmm. of this is this. I only own this. I don't own that, but I do own this. This is my part. And I mm-hmm. think that's really important, especially in conflict resolution, is to to not take things personally, but at the same time, be accountable for who you are. Right? Mm-hmm. Right, and then um, when, when you understand that point, what is so important is for you to see the shit that you can do after you understand their point of view. Yes. It's not necessarily to accept as true what they say, but they reflect something that perhaps you did or yes. say without the awareness. 
And you yes. say, oh, that's true, I did that. Yes. And once that you know, you just change it. But you don't have to carry guilt right. or blame. Yes. Guilt and that's blame. Right. Oh, my God. Guilt and blame are the root of all intense escalation of conflict. That's what I've seen in the 27 years that I've been mediating. That is what I have seen. It's terrible. Let's get to the third uh, the. The, the third agreement with ourselves is don't make assumptions. Oh, that one is so important in in what I do. Oh, my gosh. Let's talk about that one, Don Miguel. Well, this is extremely important because it has to do with what I call the voice of knowledge. You know, um, knowledge have a voice that no one can hear but you, and we call it thinking. Well, and it's so loud in our head. And it's, uh, it's like I've been in a, in a place where there's thousand people talking at the same time and nobody is listening. Yeah. And, and all those thoughts, there's nothing but assumptions. And of course, it looks impossible not to make assumptions, but at least we can control it. Yes. By, by looking of the thoughts that we have and how we believe those thoughts. And we acting according of of the thoughts that we have in our head because we make that assumption that what we think is right, and we start taking action. And when the truth arrives, and we saw that everything was nothing but assumptions, then we feel so bad, and we judge ourselves. Yes, mm-hmm. it's like and that. We create a whole storm, a whole story in our head. Yeah. Those of thoughts, and when the truth arrives, we find out that nothing was real, nothing was true, and perhaps we did so many things that we don't want us to or say. Yes, it's like that word assume. I always put that up on the board when I'm teaching mediation and negotiation. A S S U M E. You know, you mm-hmm. make a A S S of you and mm-hmm. me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Oh my gosh, it is so true. And you know, but in our fast society and especially because everybody's in this huge uh information overload, right? We're doing emails and we're doing text messages and we're doing all these things. They are very bad for assumptions because mm-hmm. you assume somebody says something in a text message and you assume mm-hmm. they, it's so easy to assume because you don't hear their mm-hmm. reflection in their voice. You don't know mm-hmm. what the heck they're saying. And in an email, I mean, I have gotten to the point where when it's anything that someone wants to try and resolve by email, I have put into my retainer agreement. We do not do that. We only set appointments and give each other documents, but we do not negotiate an email because people make assumptions about what the other person is thinking and they're wrong and and they escalate the conflict. Yeah, and this is a a big problem that it keeps growing in in many ways. But on the other hand, um, technology has been so wonderful that the truth arrives more and more. Then it's like a, a, a sword with two edges. Yes. One one way going to destruction and the other going to building yes. and construction. And it's, it's about to have the, let's say, the intelligence to see in what direction we want to go. Yeah. I just worry that we, we miss that that heartfelt communication. 
Mm -hmm. you, you know, and how to test the assumption. Like uh, I was talking with a client and he said some things that were really nasty about with one of the other clients. And I mm -hmm. said, I said, um, what do you mean by that? I'm not, you know, just, just there were assumptions that were so untrue and and mm -hmm. i knew that they weren't true but i didn't want to mm -hmm. say you know you're full of baloney or something i just mm -hmm. said help me understand what you mean by that and and where did you get that information mm -hmm. or let's 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 ask the other party about that mm -hmm. and, and and let's find out if you're correct or not if mm -hmm. we're or if you misunderstood so you know, it's really important for us to ask those mm -hmm. questions. When we assume something, mm -hmm. we're better off saying, you know, shall I assume that you mean this? What do you mean? <laughs> right? Yes, communication is extremely important to stop any assumptions that we make. Yes. And then, then, yeah, then yeah. you can see how everything gets together, you know. First, to be impeccable with the word, to really being, say what you mean, that they can understand to be sure that they understand more or less what they what you say, and not to take this personally for whatever reaction they have, and not to make assumptions that they really can communicate the the way you you want them to communicate with you. Right, and then the mm -hmm. last one is always do your best. So that okay. one is interesting. This is my favorite one, definitely. Okay. okay. Because uh, <clears throat> we can say that. Um, our imagination is so powerful. Yes. We have millions of ideas. But if we don't take action, those ideas will dissipate and never will be manifested. Yes. If we do our best, we will manifest those ideas. And this is how um, we create all the civilizations that exist in this beautiful planet Earth. Since the Egyptians, Sumerians, Greeks, Romans, everyone uh, everything that we create first exists in our imagination, and with the action, we make it real. That's why we have airplanes, computers, cars, dress, everything. Yes. And, and it's the action that makes it possible. Yes. And this is going on best. It's the action. Yes. And, and, you know, I loved what you said about sometimes your best isn't like if you're sick or something. You mm -hmm. know, your best is going to be different. Or my best today hopefully, mm -hmm. is better than what my best would have been 10 years ago, you know? And, and hopefully, I've learned more. And so my best now is should be better than what it was <laughs> before. But sometimes I get aggravated with myself, which I know mm -hmm. I, I shouldn't do. But sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like I could do better if I knew more, you know? I, mm -hmm. if, if I had the tools. And so that's, I think, an important thing to remember is that people should not get down on themselves. You get down on themselves if they aren't doing as the as perfect as they would like to do. Don't you think that's an issue? So you know, in this last uh, agreement, always do your best. We talked about that. Sometimes your best isn't isn't really as good as you'd like it to be. So how do we deal with that? Okay, I think the the most important part is not to judge ourselves because we did or we didn't uh, do our best. Because the truth is that we are doing our best, the best we can in that specific moment. Because like you said before, it's always changing. Our, base is, our best is changing from, you know, in the morning that when you wake up and you're full of energy, 
that late at, at, at night when you're very tired or, or if you get the flu, or for many reasons, or basic shifting. Also, how you feel emotionally also affects your best. The best is really an action that is ongoing. Then the worst thing that we can do is to judge ourselves because we did or we didn't do our best because we do our best according whose point of view, really. Yes. Because it's easy to, to tell people, oh, you're not doing your best, but how do we really know that they're not doing their best? Yes. It's just so for people each can of tell us. us the same thing. Oh, you're not doing your best, and we believe it. And then we judge ourselves because according every everybody else's point of view, we are not doing our best. Yes. You know, it's so difficult really to understand who is or not are doing the best of it. We are doing or not the best because we judge ourselves and we can find ourselves guilty and we can blame ourselves. Right. And it's time to let go of that. And it's time to end. Would you believe we got through this? So I just want to thank you so sure. much, uh, Don Miguel. And I will, I'm hoping people, if you haven't read this wonderful book, The Four Agreements, please do by Don Miguel Ruiz. And Don Miguel, we will have you back again. And thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on KUCI. And listen. please visit our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see our upcoming guests and download podcasts and write us emails about how you want to heal conflict in your life. Thank you. Expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.